on the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There it is, Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the clubhouse. Yeah, we're back. Welcome back to the clubhouse. Great to have your company talking all things golf on a unbelievable period for Australian golf mm. right now. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here. We're smack bang in the middle of the uh, match play championships. Marco, Jason Days had a win last week. And as I welcome you, Mark Allen, to the program, if you're going up the 18th and you've got a chance to shoot a 58, mm. there's one thing you don't do. And that's triple bogey. <laughs> yep. Uh, he actually had a chance to shoot 57. Yeah. If, he birdied, if he birdied the hole. Now, we're talking about a kid called Tim Hart. Now, yep. we're going to hear from Tim Hart later in yes. the program. Put it in perspective. Great. Tell people what we're talking about. Well, it was the uh, Queensland PGA, which is a terrific tournament if you want, you know, your first win somewhere. Mm-hmm. Queensland PGA, Vic PGA, New South Wales Opens, West Australian Opens. They're ideal. Good fields. Got to shoot a decent score. This kid hit off real early on yep. Sunday. Nowhere near it. Three under on the front nine. Everything's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm making, a, I'm making a bit of, you know, my, my $600 check looks like it's going to turn into an $800 check. And then he eagled 10. Then he birdied 11. <laughs> then he eagled 12. <laughs> oh, no. Then he went birdie, birdie, par, birdie, birdie. To be nine under through eight holes on the back nine, <laughs> 12 under for the day, yep. 15 under for the tournament with one hole to play. Oof. Tough hole. Yep. Into the wind. So he's on 54. He's on 54. If he makes a birdie on the last, he shoots 57. And all form points that he is. <laughs> Hits it out of bounds and makes a triple. <laughs> Loses in the playoff. No. He did. <laughs> he did. Now... Ordinarily, you wouldn't want to talk to somebody after that situation for about three months. No, you'd be flat. Tim Hart took the call. Did he? And was awesome. So So you chatted to him during the week. Yeah, you're going to hear from him. You're going to hear from him a little bit later. He's a good good sport. What an unbelievable Amazing round. Yeah. And good on him for chatting. I like it. Yeah. Found the positive. Found the positive. Obviously, there's a negative, but found the positive. And then Kleine. Kleine from Germany won. Yeah. <laughs> the only non-Australian <laughs> or New Zealander in the whole field. An old Klein dog got up and won in the playoff. Birdie the first hole in the playoff. You ever sat on the 18th team, Marco, looking at an unbelievable round and then no. just choked? I've never been to 12 under par before uh, in a round, even a, even a social round. I've been to 10 under par in a social round, yep. but never even close to 12 mm. on seven. You're standing on the 18th tee. Yeah. And you're 12 50, under. You're 54 shots. Yep, you're 54 <laughs> shots. <laughs> I think the, the, the closest I ever got, I think I was on 42 points once. Going yeah, up the yeah. Down, I like, oh, this could be good. This and could then, be good. Uh, just wiped it. It's an amazing <laughs> no score, mate. It's yeah. amazing to keep it going. You know, the, the, I've had some good runs, just like just messing around yeah. at, when I used to play at Huntingdale. Mm-hmm. I remember once I was 16 years old and I triple bogeyed the first hole. Yeah. Tripled it. <laughs> I made the turn three under. No, made the turn four under. I birdied uh, seven in a row. So then I had... Uh, the 10th hole, which is a little short par five, downwind. Downwind. Yep. So it's like a driver and a six iron par. So I'm going to make eight birdies in a row. Yep. I'm going to be five under through 10 after tripling the first and hit a big snap hook. Yeah. yeah just, <laughs> just, just another one. <laughs> just uh-huh. another snap. The snap hook seems to Kills follow you. me wherever I go. Yeah. What a bugger. Out of nowhere. 
<laughs> hey, I can't believe we've gone four minutes into the show and we haven't talked about Jason Day because he is the talk of Australian golf at yep. the moment. Yep. Um, little bit, bit of a back injury is worrying heading into the Masters. Yeah, uh, we'll we keep saw an that, eye on that. That popped up in the first match that he played yep. this week uh, in Austin. Yep. And I love the way they're doing This is the second year in a row now that they have the match play. So they 16 groups of four, yes. 16 pools. So what this does, it means that the guy from Europe doesn't have to travel over and anything can happen in match play. I mean, you can shoot 63. Yep. But the bloke you're playing against shoots 62 mm-hmm. and you're out of there the See first day. So what this does, uh, the 16 groups of four, they play three round robin matches. Mm-hmm. So Thursday, Friday, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's all done. Then they have 18 hole quarterfinals, yep. semifinals on Saturday, then they have the 36 hole final. It's a lot of golf, mate. It is. It is enormous, an enormous amount of golf. But if you get to the weekend, you know, playing 72 holes on Saturday and Sunday, probably not going to play 72 in match play. You, Let's say you play 60 holes. And these good golfers, as we talked about last yeah. week, are going to have a week off before the Masters anyway. Yeah, that's so. right. That's right. Well they'll, well, they'll have the week off then. We're about two weeks away. Yep. So, yeah, so they'll have the – so match play this week, most of them will have the week off. Mm-hmm. Then there's a uh, tournament, uh, I think it's in Houston, I think, I'm guessing now, but uh, it's in the States somewhere. It's the US Tour, of course it is. And then they'll get to um, Augusta as well. But uh, normally the tournament that was there, um, they have the same grass um, and try and have the same uh, rough and grass size right. as Augusta, mm-hmm. so it's very clever by them because Smart. it's a warm up. You know, it's almost a, get the big names. it's a practice round for yep. next week. So they do try and do that the week before the Masters. But anyway, um, it, I love the match play championship. Yeah, I really do. I think I think it is fantastic. And you know, when Jason won a couple of years ago against Victor Dubosson, it was mm-hmm. a fantastic final. And you remember Victor getting up and down from yes, the cactus. That's right. He ended up getting cactuses put on the back of his sand irons after that. Really? Yeah, he's now got cactus on the back of his sand irons. Good on him. I like that's what that. he does. Yeah. Old Victor. So you're the sort of guy who would love his initials on your sand wedges, like the pros. They all get their well, initials. Well, I've, I've been researching how to get my name on my golf bag, sort of Ari Gold style. Ari Gold, yeah. yeah. In America, <laughs> you can do it. Normally, yeah. in, in this country, Jules, yeah. you need to know about this. In this country, when you turn pro, that's when yeah. you get your name on the bag. Nah, well, I'm never going to do that. But so. You're not doing that anytime soon. <laughs> I don't think. How's your golf, by the way? Because you've, you've been steadily coming down. You're yeah. almost down to single figures. No, I'm at nine at the moment. Yeah. But uh, I haven't played for a couple of weeks. Been busy with work with the footy season about to kick off, Marco. Do you so. know if you putted it as well as Jason Day, yeah. you'd probably be off scratch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. If you putted the way Jason Day putts, yep. I mean, he's, you know, he's one of the top five He's always, at the moment, he's in the top five putters on that US tour. And I've been saying for most of the week, the more I think about what's happening with his game, Mm -hmm. the more that putting is flowing through the whole bag because he won last week by chipping it really close. And I think in those situations where your hands are a little bit shaky, you're under pressure, you're not hitting the ball well off the tee, um, that leads to not hitting as many greens as you'd like. So if you're a little bit... If you're a little bit suspect with the putter or with the chipper, you get found out on the last day mm. if you're a little bit off. Yep. That's where Tiger Woods was a little bit off quite often That's right. and would keep on winning. Jason Day did a Tiger Woods at Arnold Palmer's he event. Did. He didn't hit the ball particularly well on Saturday or Sunday, yep. but he chipped it so close. And, you know, I've been watching him for a long time. His chipping's always been reasonable, but he never really stiffed his chips. But I've just got in the back of my mind that now that he knows 
he can't really miss from three or four feet, or at least he feels like he's putting these beautiful strokes yeah. on just three, four, five-foot putts. Yeah. That just takes the pressure off the chipping mm. because he knows he doesn't have to hit it stiff. He knows he can almost hit an average chip. It doesn't matter. He's still going to get up and down. Yeah. And then because he knows he's chipping it well, then that flows back to the irons. You know, there's not so much pressure on him to actually knock yeah. it on the green because yeah. he knows he's going to chip it reasonably close. And even if he doesn't, he's going to knock in the five-footer. Mm-hmm. So it's just flowed through his game. He's, um, he's got a little bit to work on with the, with, the, with the hitting because you can't hit it like the way you hit the ball yeah. on the last day. You can't hit it like that at Augusta no. on the last day and get away with it. Yep. Um, and he needs to look after that back as well. So mm. there's a little bit of conditioning to do. Yep. But all, right. all signs pointing to Augusta for this kid. Well, let's talk about the win. Uh, wire to wire, led every round. Yeah, um, it's hard to do. Just ground out the win, as you said, on the Saturday and Sunday. Didn't play his best golf mm. um, and managed to drop Tiger Woods' name probably 60 times throughout the weekend. Yeah, he uh, did. <laughs> he's he's uh, apparently he's Tiger's time. friend. Apparently his mates and, and he's he, texting him a little bit. He's texting him a lot. <laughs> I liked it. I That's liked good. It. Now, look, uh, you know what? Um, if he wasn't, you know, do you know Tiger Woods for most of his career didn't say anything? Yeah. Like we'd ask, you know, mm-hmm. the media would ask, "What are you working on?" He'd say, sometimes he'd say it's a secret, and he got canned yep. all the time. Now I, I know what you're saying because you know it's, it is funny when people yeah. are dropping names, but I tell you what, it's great. It's great well, that he's telling us stuff. What about last week when he was talking about Jordan Spieth? We talked about it on this show yeah. about how he might be playing too much golf and he's worried yeah. about him. I oh, know, it's great. I, I like it. I love what he's doing in yeah. front of the microphone at the moment. I mean, he's really lifted. He's lifted. Mm. Um, and, you know, we can take the mickey, Yeah. but let's not... Let's, let's, let's leave him be a little let's bit. Let's square it up a bit. Yes. And, you know, the fact that he's talking about Tiger helping him, um, you know, what's, what he's eating, what he's doing, what yeah. he's working on. That's just it's just golden in yep. this you know age where Tiger didn't tell us a thing. Yep. Nick Feldo didn't tell us a thing. You know the shark was good. He came out and spoke and gave you a story, mm-hmm. and he got slagged off for talking. Yeah. You know his whole <laughs> career said they're too much. You know he's a hero, but he was just trying to spread the word. So, um, well, Jason, uh, two weeks in a row, he's really opened up in front of the microphones before the tournament, during the tournament, after the tournament, and I just think it's fantastic for the game. Absolutely, absolutely. We, not, we understand how his head's working. Well, it's good to get an insight into yeah, a, it is. a professional it is. sportsman. It is, because, you know, these days with the advancement in coaching, we know what he's doing. We know, we can see what he's yeah. working on. I mean, we all know, mm-hmm. you know, what, what he's doing and um, everything else. Yeah, this week is really interesting. I've been really critical of Jason really critical in the past that he's just trying to hit the ball too hard. Yep. This week he came out and said that's why he drives it so well because he hits it so hard. <laughs> so he goes, you see the 340-meter drive he hit yeah. on, uh, what was it, Thursday? One of the holes, yeah. yeah. Just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah he, he is bombing it. Mm. And, you know, two years ago when he was faltering down the last couple of holes at Augusta, mate, the, the, the shaft was bouncing off the back of his neck. He was hitting it so hard and the ball was going right. So in his mind... He hits it hard. Yep. That's how he hits his driver the best. Flies in the face of 190 years of golf mm-hmm. teaching. So, yeah, again, that's interesting to watch. We'll be watching that. Yep. We'll be watching him down the last few holes at Augusta and seeing whether that shaft's bouncing off the back of his neck and see whether under that sort of heat um, what he's telling us works for him, works under the pressure cooker of that green jacket. Yep. So all, all that is great. It's fantastic to listen to, fantastic to watch, 
And now the story's told, and we all know what to look for in it's, a couple of weeks' time. It's exciting for Australian golf for the moment, Marco. As we go into, the, I don't think we've ever been this pumped up. I reckon no, as a media industry, as a sporting media industry, about the Masters with Scott and Day and Leishman's Leishman playing some really good in golf too. In the background too. as well, you're spot on. So you've got Scott. I mean, Scott didn't play poorly at the Arnold Palmer. I mean, he had no, a couple yeah. of One double, round, a double bogey and a yeah. triple bogey, I reckon, which cost him. Well, he finished about 12th or something. Yeah, and he would have been top five without those. That, yep. I think he hit in the water twice. So, That's know, all right. Yeah. That's he's, okay. He's playing good golf, though. That, that is okay. Yeah, he's putting well. Yep. That's the key. So, um, you know, there's no reason. He's a good putter. There's no reason that he can't putt well at Augusta. Mm. There's none. Not at the moment. Yep. So, um, if he's confident, I mean, literally everyone putts. A little bit suspect at Augusta. They've got to be. They've all got to be so careful. Yep. You can only go at so many putts. So he knows that, and if um, he takes that in with his experience, you know, with uh, Stevie Williams on the bag, he's won a few times with Tiger there. Mm-hmm. So Stevie knows which putts to attack and which yep. ones to nurse down the next to the hole and knows where to hit it. So you know, the, the only time the only time he should be caught out is if he's going for a putt that he shouldn't be going for. If he's, you know, if he's attacking a putt that he should be playing defensively, he'll get caught out. But that's normally what the desperate putters do. The guys who are desperate, yeah. they're the ones they attack because they've got to hold something, <laughs> and then they end up stuffing the whole lot up. Anyway, so he's hit the ball beautifully. Leishman, you know, he didn't play so well last week, but he's ready to go. Ryan Ruffles missed the cut. Just, Disappointing. It's his just. third start this week. And then... Went to the Puerto Rico Monday qualifying and missed that qualifying. Uh, he, he missed the cut. A, lost in a playoff, I reckon. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. He was two under with three to play uh, cut-wise and yeah. made a double bogey and a bogey and a par. Yeah. And his last three holes ended up missing by a shot. So that was really disappointing mm-hmm. for him. And then to miss the... Uh, but look, he, he reckons he's not far away as well, Ryan yeah. Ruffles. I think he's turned 18. I think he must have. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So he's turned 18 or he's about to turn 18. He's close. He's close to that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. making a couple of cuts. Yeah. He just needs, he need, you know what he needs? He needs a top 10. Yeah. And then they'll go, oh, there's the 18-year-old whiz kid from down under. And that'll translate into some more starts for yeah. him. Probably thrives on that confidence too, I reckon. Which yeah. Good. Yeah. Which yeah, good. Hey, sorry. Two shots. Two from shots. Jason Day yeah. in his game at the Arnold Palmer. I want to get a masterclass early off your necks. Yeah, right. Eh? The bunker shot on 18. Yeah, beautiful. The last round. 40 metres. And meter the low shot. punch he hit under the tree branch, yeah. which went dead straight and ended up about 15 feet from the green. No I'm worries. Ask Let's you do about it. both of them right after this. Let's do it. In your life have you seen anything like that? You're listening to the Clubhouse. You certainly are across Australia, wherever you might be listening. Welcome back to the Clubhouse. My name's Julian Bayard. Mark Allen is in the studio as well. He's the best teacher of golf on radio. And we said before the ad break that we were yeah. going to get an early masterclass. Because we always save this for the end of the program. So are we doubling up? Are we still going to have one yeah, at the end? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Right, but I want to ask about two specific shots from yeah. Jason Day, which yeah. were just remarkable. Firstly, I want to talk about the low punch. I reckon it was in his first round. Uh, he was Miles about 150, 160 metres out, yeah. under a tree, yeah. couldn't hit, get any elevation yeah. on the shot. Had to hit a punch through a gap of two bunkers onto the green yep. and get it to stop, and he hit it dead Perfect. straight. Yeah. How does how do you play that low shot? Because quite often I find myself in yep. the trees, yep. need to get a low shot to get under the branches. Right. Either goes right or left. How do you get it to go dead yep. straight? There are two things that make the ball go low. Uh, one is the loft of the club at impact, mm-hmm. uh, and the other one is the club lagging behind the hands. You've got to have a bit of both. You've got to have a bit of both. Uh, and when the club lags behind the hands early in the downswing, that ends up creating less loft 
at, at impact. So it's a bit of both. But the other one that makes it easier to do as well is to actually put the ball back in the stance. But when you put the ball back in the stance, if you have a square stance, then because the ball's back, the club ends up coming more from the inside compared to when the ball is up the front of your stance when you're hitting a normal shot. So what you do to offset it, so you hit that low dead straight shot, which is the one that you're talking about, which is hard to hit. You actually put the ball back in the stance and open your entire stance. So not just your feet. You've got to open up the shoulders, your hips, your, your feet, the whole lot, your knees, absolutely everything. So you put the ball back in the stance, you open everything up, and then you put your hands forward at a dress. Then you've got to imagine... That where your hands are forward at, of the ball address, they've got, you've got to try and get them even more forward at impact, and that creates the lag. And the only way you can do that is to have a very light grip, or you know, a moderately mm-hmm. light grip, and a shorter swing. So you know, generally speaking, when you use all of those techniques together, um, you, you're not going to get a four iron in the air. A, fi- a five iron might battle to actually stay above the grass. Normally, the low shot when it's played like that. Yep. Is done with a six iron, five iron, right, perhaps okay. five iron, perhaps mm-hmm. if you're trying to put a little bit of cut on the ball, because like I said, if you open the stance, put the ball back, set your hands forward at address, and then lag on the way down and have the hands even further forward at impact, you've delofted your five iron mm-hmm. um, by a mile. Yeah. I think a five iron, look, my memory's got about twenty-eight degrees, something like that, thirty degrees, something around that. So if the hands you know, are a long way forward, you're turning that five iron into something that's only got five degrees loft. So it's going to come out real low. The other thing you want to happen in that situation is you want a lot of backspin because the backspin keeps the ball hovering for a long time. You just want to hit a low shot that dips. You want to hit a low shot that absolutely glides. Mm -hmm. You want that low glider. And that's exactly what Jason did. The other thing too, when you hit the low shot from the rough, uh, when you put the ball a long way back in the stance, you... By coming down pretty sharp on the ball, you eliminate as much grass as you possibly can between the club head and the actual ball, Yep, which is important too. If you had the ball in the middle of the stance and tried to low shot, generally speaking, the club comes in low and you're collecting all that grass before impact. Yep. And that kind of gets rid of a lot so of the um, control that you might have had. I think the fascinating thing about that, Marco, was mm-hmm. that a lot of people probably try and hit their low shots and think, I've got to hit a three or a four on it. Yeah, don't do that. But if you're saying you're closing off the angle yep. and the, the club face is going to be a lot more closed, then uh, you're going to be putting yeah. that low angle on the club and it's going to go straight back into the ground. Is that what you're Yeah, what don't you're do that. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Now, three iron, quite often if you hit three iron and don't put it back. Well, if you put a three iron back, then it doesn't get in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you hit a three iron, it doesn't get, you don't get the low glider. Yeah, you want the low glider. That's that's the real key. Right. I mean, three irons go low anyway. You don't have to do too no. much to it. You just have to short your swing up really, yep. and the three iron will go low. But if you want that low gliding, skipping uh, on the first step and then mm-hmm. running straight, then you've got to open up the stance, put the ball back, and all the rest of the stuff. There you go. It's too easy. To now the, the long bunker shot. How about this shot? So he's got water behind him. Yep. There's pressure on him to get up and down to yep. win the tournament. Yep. He's he forty meters away. He knows all of this. Yep. Uh, the pin is at the back of the green. There's yep. no green behind him to work with. He's got yep. a fair bit in front of himself. But Water in the background. has to carry it to get up there and then feed it down to the yeah. hole. Now, the Tell shot, us about the, <clears throat> the shot he played was amazing. Now, the long bunker shot with control, the one that he hit, can only be done from a perfect lie. So if you get into a bunker and you've got anything but a perfect lie, then it's a bad lie. And I'm sorry, but from the bad lie... Um, 
you're pretty much hitting and hoping. And if you're 40 metres away, I would suggest that most amateurs use the pitching wedge and try and explode a pitching wedge and let the ball run to the hole from a bad lie. From a good lie, you can be a little bit more adventurous. Now, from a perfect line, Jason had a perfect lie for a 40 metre. It was slightly on the downslope. Nobody had stepped near his ball all day. The the sand looked firm. Mm -hmm. It was absolutely perfect for this low shot. And what he did uh, and what most good players do when you're trying to hit a long bunker shot with a lob wedge, um, you take the club away. You don't pick it up. You take the club away low. So the lower you take the club away, the flatter the ball will come out. But his shot was incredible because um, he had to land it, I don't know, 25 feet short and 12 feet left. And then the ball spun and bounced (laughs) off the side of the hill and then broke all the way down to the hole to, to, what was it, three or four feet. So the control was significant and... You know, we're all applauding him. But from that lie, it was very possible. But when you need to get up and down to win on the US Tour <laughs> and you got the whole world cheering against you because, you know, you got a, yep. a grandstand full of Americans, yes. what he did was really, really impressive. But from a perfect lie in a 40-meter bunker shot, mm-hmm. just take the club away nice and low instead of trying to pick it up with the hands. Take the club away low and then you're still slipping the club underneath the ball. Um, if it's a bad lie... And let's face it, not many amateurs know how to rake a bunker. That's what it seems like yeah. anyway. Well, that's true. Um, <laughs> if you've got the bad lie, then don't use your lob wedge. Use your 54 yeah. or a pitching wedge and still hit an explosion shot, but the ball will run yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, cool. it'll run for you, and you'll develop some control with the tiniest bit of practice doing that. Yeah. There you go. Master too easy, man. times too early too on. Easy. Hey, no, I like it. Did you oh. see the uh, other way to get out of a bunker by India's uh, Rashid Khan this he week? He putted one. Putted one out of the yeah, bunker on the European Tour. Mate, you've been and, uh, watching. Got up and down. He got up and down. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and they went back to him. It's funny, you know, you don't see it too often. Um, there's no real reason for him to putt, I didn't think, either. No, it didn't look that... I mean, there wasn't much green to work with. And I, I can tell you this. No pro... <laughs> Worth his salt is practicing the putt out of a bunker. No. <laughs> Nobody is doing that. You know, in the practice rounds, no one's hitting the putt out of a your, bunker. You're not getting your putter down and no going way. chucking a few balls Because in the, the other people would throw golf clubs at you yeah. if you were putting out of the bunkers. You would be howled down. They would throw bananas at you. They would go crazy yeah. if you were practicing your putting out of the bunkers. Mm-hmm. So that made it even more impressive than me. Yeah. And the fact that not much of a lip on the bunker. The fact that the fact that the TV cameras caught it was an absolute ripper. But then he gets up and down. It's brilliant. It can be done. Some of the country courses, some of the country courses in regional Australia, um, they mightn't have had the biggest budgets going around, and their bunkers. Let's just say (laughs) they didn't dig too deep. (laughs) So some of these little shallow bunkers, it's probably possible in some of the 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 regional courses, but you know. I wouldn't advise you to start practicing putting no. from traps anytime soon. <laughs> and just go down to the local range and you get down <laughs> no, to the sand even the local trap. range, people would throw stuff at you. <laughs> get the putter out. Yeah, they'd throw you back at uh, the chips at you or they'd do something. Yeah. You can't start practicing putting from the traps. Yeah. Pretty impressive though to get up and down <laughs> the European it. tour. It no, it was good. good. It and was good. good vision. If you haven't checked it out, jump on one of the golf websites that's on there, Golf yeah. Channel or Golf That link. course didn't look too bad, the course the Indian no, Open was, was played on. It was good. It didn't look too bad. Yeah. It's, not, it's pretty handy that European tour when they yeah. go through the subcontinent yep. and the Arab. Arab well, they play on nations. the best courses through there. So, <laughs> oh, I'm t- I've been there. That's not the best course. It no? looked good. It looked a lot better on TV yeah, than right. it actually okay. is. I went to. A, I played a couple of courses in India, mate. My God, yeah. I'm never going back. I'm sorry. 
I'm never going back. I'm not taking a tour to no. tour of the Indian golf courses anytime soon, well, Jules. Well, it's not huge over there, golf. No, it's not huge. It's it's but I tell you what, they've got a lot of good players, though. Yeah, they're coming through. They've got Lahiri yeah. and, mate, they've got some guns. Yeah. They've got um, um, Arjun Atwell. I mean, he came, he played college. He was playing college golf with me a long time ago. He's, he He's, he's another one who calls Tiger his friend. Oh, yeah. A little bit, probably a little bit too often mates, for our for our style <laughs> down this part of the world. But um, yeah, I saw him last week as well. So yeah. a lot of good Indian players. Before we get to a break, Marco, I want to talk about well, Jason Day's up to number two, but yep. the number uh, one and now number three in the world, Rosa uh, Rory and, uh, Jordan. and Jordan. Rory McIlroy six double bogeys last week, but yeah. lots and lots of birdies. But said he wasn't too unhappy with the way he played. Uh, just because of the amount of birdies he was shooting, but he just has to eliminate those double bogeys before yeah. the Masters. It looks like he needs a rest to me, yeah. Rosa. Looks like he needs a rest, so we'll see what happens. He's been playing a lot of golf. He played right through the Emirates, uh, played back mm. and forth in the States. Yep. He needs a rest. So does Jordan. Yeah. Jordan needs a rest too. They yep. both do. Well, we'll see what happens. See. We'll see what happens. They must know what they're doing. So. Our boys are one out, one back, mate. Don't worry about yeah, that. They're, they're going well. Good. Yeah, they're, they're going well. All right, after this, Tim Hart, the man who could have shot a 57, <laughs> ended up shooting uh, <laughs> well, over could 60. Have, no, <laughs> could have shot, could a, have 57 shot a 57 to win. Yep. To win the tournament. Yep. So he's come in the last. If he makes a par, he shoots 58 and wins. Queensland PGA Championship shot a triple bogey on the last hole to lose in a playoff yeah. after having a chance to shoot a And shoot 61. You chatted to him during the week. We'll hear from that next. He's a good man. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Yeah, you certainly are. This is The Clubhouse. Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you. Great to have your company right across Australia. Marco, could be just about my favourite golf story of the year so far. It is. It's my favourite. story, but it's great. Queensland kid. Oh, it is great. It's great that he spoke about it. We've been talking about it. Uh, If you've missed, uh, if you just jumped in the car, uh, a kid playing in the Queensland PGA Championship coming in the last hole. If he pars the hole, he shoots. 58 and wins. Yes. If he bogeys the hole, he shoots 59 and wins. If he double bogeyed the hole, <laughs> oh no. he shoots 60 and wins. And wins. <laughs> Tim Hart made triple. Oh no. He was a good sport. Let's have a listen. Good day, Tim. G'day, guys. How are you going? Oh, we're going well, mate. We're feeling for you. We're feeling for you. Craig Spencer's here, the uh, the 99 Australian Masters champion, mate. We, we both had a look at the back nine of that scorecard. We went through the scenarios. But I guess we've got to ask you, mate, what was what was going through your mind at around the 12th hole? Would you have made the second eagle on the back nine, you're eight under for the day and probably pretty much in the lead. What, what were you thinking then? Um, it was, yeah, I wasn't really thinking too much. Um, I caddy and myself, um, we just, yeah, it was, it was a few easy holes um, coming up. So, yeah, we sort of just tried to stay in the moment and he kept me very calm, just doing other things. But, yeah, it, Hit a couple of good shots that um, that went in, and then uh, next thing I knew, I was uh, nine or ten under. So from that stage, I just tried to yeah, same thing, keep calm and and um, make a couple more birdies. So I did Tim- that up until about the seventeenth. <laughs> Timmy, did you start? When did you start doing the math on sub sixty round? Because doesn't happen very often in Australian tour events. I don't even know if it's ever happened in 60, an Australian tour event. Sixties lowest score, Ernie okay. Els and Paul Gow. Yes. Yeah. Um, when did you start doing the math, Timmy? Um, probably on the 14th when I, I hold an, uh, another birdie putt, and that, that was to get to, uh, to get to 10. Yes. Which was uh, 60. And then I, I thought about it on the, the 15th tee. Uh, 16's a, sh- a shortish par four, and, and 17's a, 
I ended up hitting a driver wedge into the par five. Oh. So I was thinking, um, <laughs> I just looked at my caddy and he said, let's just, let's just make a couple more and, and, uh, and see what we can do here. So yeah, probably on the 14th green, 15th tee. Explain to us the 18th hole for our listeners because obviously, you know, you've had a rough run down there and we'll get to that in a minute, but is it a tricky hole? Is there trouble there? What, what led to the cause of the, um, the, 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 the difficult finish? The seven. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's not an easy hole. It's not an easy driving hole. Um, it was into the breeze quite heavily when I, when I teed off, um, it's, it's downhill, plays about 400 metres. Um, there's a couple of bunkers down there too um, in, in very good positions. So, um, I was like, But I was just feeling very confident at the time. Didn't know the leaderboard standing. Uh, we didn't see a leaderboard all day. So, Were there um, many leaderboards around? Because sometimes in those smaller events, there's, you know, there's a leaderboard at the clubhouse and that's about it. Yeah, that, that was it. There was one at the clubhouse and maybe in the last four or five groups, the guys had uh, just the hand leaderboards, but we didn't have any. Uh, I didn't see one all day, so um, yeah, I was feeling very good with the driver. I hadn't really missed one um, all day, so um, for me, it was uh, I've always hit a driver there down that hole, and um, yeah, there's an out of bounds left, um, which I didn't never seen a ball go go left there out of bounds. So, um, <laughs> You're good about it, Tim. You're good about it, lad. <laughs> you are good. Hey, Tim, before you keep going, all right, because, you know, very much that last hole is a story. And, you, mate, you've taken this so well. We, you know, everyone listening, we're only going to wish you the best. We're only going to wish yes. you the best. But when you have a round going like you did and you're 12 under par for the day, um, quite often it's very important that your playing partners are with the program and they're not talking to you or looking at you yeah. like something special is going on. How is your playing partner or playing partners as far as just doing the right thing by you so that you could keep that round ticking along? Um, from what I've... Oh, they were great um, from my perspective. Um, yeah, they didn't do anything wrong by me. Um, I spoke to... Uh, Who were they? Uh, ben Eccles yeah, and Taylor Cooper. Oh, no. I don't know Taylor, yeah. but Ben's a ripper. Yeah, he's a good, good guy, good lad. Yeah, he, I think he talked to my caddy. I think they were walking up the 17th, and he said, yeah, I'm just going to stay out of his way right now. So um, it was good for him to say that to the, to uh, my mate James Gibbelani who caddied for me. And, and yeah, they, But they were really good. It was good. Timmy, uh, then you've got to ante up for the playoff. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you're probably tired. You're probably mentally sort of all over the shop. You know, you're probably proud of yourself in some ways and disappointed in others. But um, how'd you go getting yourself up for the for the playoff? Yeah, I had about uh, had about a 90 minute wait in the in the clubhouse. I had uh, a lot of people come up to me and you know congratulate and commiserate at the same time. So I was trying to just sit around and um, keep my mind off it, to be honest, and just yeah do whatever I could to not think about it. And then um, as soon as I heard of the playoff, um, yeah, straight back out. Did you, get, the routine. did you go and hit balls and stay loose and, and putt yep. and sort of keep your mind occupied? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hit a, hit a few balls in the nets and, and putted. And then, uh, yeah, went back up and, um, yeah, took driver again. So yep. it was, by that stage, the wind got even, even um, yeah, there was more wind. So, um, yeah, just trusted the trusted the process and hit driver. But uh, unfortunately, hit in the right tree and he, he made a great birdie. So, yeah. Hey, Timmy. We're we're all 
we, I'm loving your attitude. I'm loving the way you can talk so freely about it, Tim. So, I mean, I, I do. I, I want you to be a good player from this story. This story could yeah. actually propel you to be something. Better. How's your golf been going so far? I mean, have you contended in a smaller tournament uh, somewhere along the line? How long have you been a pro? Where, where are you playing this year? Um, I've been a pro for about four years now. Um, yeah, I sort of haven't secured a, a full card on the, on any tour. I've just been playing the Aussie stuff for three or four years. Um, so, but yeah, just the last six months, I've had a couple of good finishes, top five at New South Open, and, and I finished third, uh, big PGA about a month ago. So, yeah, it's, it's getting up there. I've got a, a few good finishes, so I know the wind's not too far away. That's why I'm not too fussed about this one. Good on you for having a chat, Marco. He's a gun. I love it. Obviously, good interview too on the uh, it as well, chasing mate. birdies as well with yourself and Craig Spence. Mate, so. 125 miles per hour clubhead speed with the driver. Yep, that is huge, massive, huge, massive. So look out for the kid. Hopefully, he starts playing well next year. Yep, and we've got the backstory now. Hopefully, he can shoot 50 again. <laughs> 50 something <laughs> Just would, get be the nice. again. would be nice. again would be nice. Well played to Tim Hart, and we appreciate him uh, yeah. having a chat with you and Craig. So, yeah, uh, that was, was good. terrific. Good After fun. this, Marco, we've already had a couple of masterclasses, oh. but the proper masterclass. Mate, I've saved the best one. I've saved the best. We'll get to that right after this. Marco's Masterclass. Welcome back to the clubhouse right across Australia. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here. We do it all for the Mandalay Golf Course. It's Melbourne's newest golf mm. experience in the north, uh, located just off the Hume Highway. Uh, clubmandalay.com.au. Green fees available seven days a week. Just 20 nice. minutes up the road. From nice one, Jules. Yeah, it's good. It looks good too. It does. Well, you, and I, you and I are going to we play will. soon. We will. You're I played, I played with Dr. Turf. Did you? Great track. Great track. Uh, did Turf... Did I hear Turf had 47 points? 47 points he 47 points at Commonwealth? Yep. He's off 19. I'm going to call the handicapper, mate. I'm going to have a word to the handicapper about this situation. Dr. Turf. Nobody who has been a member for that long should be able to have 47 (laughs) points. What's he playing off, 20? I think it's 18 or 20. He's 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 broken 80 around Commonwealth then. Wow. Well done, Doc. Good on him. Well done. Now, uh, everyone wants to get a driver, and they always have to get it fitted. Everyone wants to get their irons. I always have to get it fitted. You know what's driving me crazy lately? What's that? Every amateur I play with, their putter is too long. Most putters come out at 35 inches long. Do you know why that is? Because it's much easier to chop a little bit off the top than it is to uh, add, a yeah, add a little bit on. Mm-hmm. You know, grip off, chop, grip back on, done. But these days, with the amount of weight that is available, you know, every all the beautiful new putters today, they send their weights in the bottom. Now, it's very important yeah. when you have the right size putter that uh, you weight it up to where it, it still feels like it's pretty heavy. Some of these, you know, some of the best things that happen, like the um, the putters that have weight in the grip, uh, the counterbalance putters, with that big, fat, long grip, you don't hold it at the top. You actually actually can hold it, hold it all the way down to mm-hmm. the bottom. Yep. And the more people that I'm seeing, you come to me and I see them on the putting green holding these counterbalance putters that are about 38 inches long. Yeah. They're holding them right up the end. I'm going, what are you doing? <laughs> but it made me think that a lot of people with a normal putter, they're just they're too long. A 35-inch yeah. putter for most people. I have a 33-and-a-half-inch putter. Really? Yeah. So that you your standard putter that you just pick up in a the shop, they're 35 inches. Yep. So mine's an inch. What it does when you have the right length putter, it, it sits your shoulders at an angle to where if you just rock your shoulders, yep. you don't move. And the putter goes up up and back so it's so important to have the putter the right length so when you bend over and your shoulders basically point at the ball Mm -hmm. that's just let your arms hang maybe have your triceps against your chest and let your arms hang that's 
where the putter should be. That's where you should be holding the putter. For most people, that's around 33 inches. So it's two inches shorter for most people. But every time I see they're holding it right at the top of a 35-inch putter, their shoulders are pointing way over the ball. Mm. And because of that, they've got to manipulate with their hands to try and get a decent stroke going. So the masterclass today is one, Go get fitted for a putter yep. by somebody who knows what they're doing. Local pro. If you're under six foot, I guarantee that you shouldn't have a 35-inch putter. I guarantee it. And even even better, these guys walking around who are who are just gripping down the putter, don't do that. Get it fixed. That putter, you know, the the putter grips have these shapes, particularly you know, like the um, uh, uh, the old pin grip, uh, the pistol grip. It has this beautiful shape yeah. that just cups into your hand i don't know how i don't even know how that is legal <laughs> but it's perfect yeah i mean don't don't not use that yep. so get your putter for you don't have to go and get a new putter no. get your putter fitted so i'm telling you now most people especially five foot tenors yep. your putter length should be about 33 and a half inches long there you go yeah i'm six foot and one half inch and my putter is 33 and a half inches long that's where my shoulders point to the ball just let my arms hang I have to just go back and forth, and it goes perfect. A stroke. It's a trap for young back and players. Forth. Trap for the, young players. The putter off the shelf. That's it. Putter off the shelf. They look your, good. In your head, you're not thinking, I need no. to get this one uh, no, altered. No, it's just irons a putter. And, irons and drive. You straight away going, I need to get this one. Got to get it done. Fit, but got to get the putter done. Get the putter done. Get the putter done. Get the putter done. But if you do have a shorter putter, make sure you get it weighted up. So. If you're using a putter at the moment and you love it mm-hmm. and you want to get it shorter, we'll just put lead tape on the bottom of the putter. All the pros do it. Every pro puts what? lead tape on the bottom. Lead tape. On the lead bottom. tape. Yeah, it's like you know, it's like plumber's tape, yeah. but it's made of lead. And zip. Up she goes. Back there to go. back to normal. I like it. So that's important. Get your putter fitted to the right length. Good tips, Marco. Mm. Three today. I like it. Three decent ones today. All for Club Mandalay Golf Course, clubmandalay.com.au. If you're in Melbourne or you're coming to Melbourne on a holiday, it is a great track to go and You better play. start listening too. I want you down to six or seven Yeah, soon. I've got to play a bit more in the winter, Marco. Okay? Yeah, well, well golf's, winter, golf's a good winter game in this country. I like it. In this country, Especially golf when, is a great uh, winter you get game. the uh, preferred live rules, the yeah. local tracks, which is good. We've spoken winter about rules. that before. Yeah, yeah. like Caddyshack, just kicking the ball out of the rough. That's it. Winter just rules, winter rules. I'll just sit my ball up in the rough and uh, all that don't sort of do that. Stuff. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. But don't play if it's raining either. No, don't, don't ruin your you, day. You reckon I'm going to be doing that? <laughs> don't ruin your day. If it's cold and wet, don't play. There's an app on your phone that tells you the weather. And if it's not sunny, yeah. I'm not playing. No, just call the pro shop and pull out. That's it. Play golf on nice days. <laughs> Give the course a rest on the bad days. Good on you, buddy. That's all we've got time for, Marco. See it's you next the week. Clubhouse. We'll uh, see you next week.